0: Hey there, everybody. I'm Thomas Frank, and welcome back to the College Info Geek Podcast. This show is in existence to help you become a more awesome college student, whether that be becoming a better studier, landing the job of your dreams, or paying off all your student debt. I want to help you achieve your goals. And guess what? It's episode 50. And since we happen to use a base ten numeral system and since it's half of a hundred that somehow seems significant to me anyway yeah i'm pretty happy it's been over two years since I started podcasting and a lot of really cool stuff has happened the show has grown a lot and a lot of people seem to be liking it so uh, it's definitely going to keep going and before I introduce today's guest, I just want to give you a little bit of a rundown on what the future of the show holds so over the past fifty episodes i've done a lot of solo episodes i've done a lot of interviews and I've done a lot of reader Q and a sessions and going forward, I think interviews are going to be the main focus of the show. So every single Monday at 6am central, you can still expect to get a new interview with somebody focusing on a topic that should be relevant to you. Um, Now, in between episode 47 and 48, I believe, I did a bonus episode where I read a blog post, made an audio narration of it, and actually people really liked that. So while I'm not going to be doing that for every single blog post, you may see some surprise bonus episodes showing up in the feed from now on to sort of uh, augment what you find in the interview segments. Um the Q and A sessions, those we probably don't have the time to do anymore in the podcast format. So I'm gonna be um kind of moving away from that for now. But you may see QA return in a different format, potentially on the YouTube channel. So definitely keep an eye out for that. And I do try to respond personally to people who email questions in. So if you do have questions about college, you can always email me. I'm Thomas at CollegeInfoGeek.com, and I will try to get those questions answered. So but yeah, keep your eyes out, um keeping peeled for the future, and I may have some other type of Q&A style show, depending on my time and involvement with other projects. So today's conversation is with my friend, Satchel Drakes, who runs a YouTube channel called Satch Bags Goods. And I'm just going to be honest here. This is a different type of episode than anything I've ever done before. And the reason for that is that most of the guests that I bring on the show, I bring for a focused reason. And we talk about a specific uh, topic. So like Issa was here to talk about community college and Tyler in episode 47, we talked about making friends as an introvert. Uh, Jay from last episode was talking about how to test out of college courses with CLEP tests and stuff. And I love those episodes and they're definitely interesting to me. And I want to get that information out to you. But as a content creator, I also have passions of my own and interests of my own and people that I look up to in my field. So let's go back a few months ago to when I actually started getting into YouTube. And to be honest, I think YouTube is actually the the content or the, the medium that I identify most with at this point. Um, I've been doing videos for about four or five months now. I think I started late August. So four and a half months about at this point. And when I get up on Monday morning, every week, um, I make a blog post, I make a podcast episode usually, and I make a video. And the video is what gets me most excited these days. So I'm sort of starting to identify as a video producer and an author since I have a book out first and foremost. And the blogging and the podcasting are kind of secondary to those. I still like them, but video is what really gets me fired up. So you know, as a result, I look up to a lot of people who make great video content online. And when I started... I started by watching people who just made vlogs, uh, people who would just start looking at the camera and turn it on and say things. And that was really good for me because I was able to get the confidence I needed to make a video. I knew all, all I had to do was stand in front of the camera, say my lines and put the video on YouTube. But once I did that, I sort of, I, I sort of did what I kind of always do with things and started asking, how could I improve this? So I, Um, knowing you might know that I'm a huge fan of video games and I watch a lot of gaming channels and, uh, people who do game reviews on YouTube. And I started noticing a lot of the effort and a lot of the polish that would go into these videos and I started thinking, could I do something like that with my channel? And if you've seen the later videos, you'll notice that there's a lot more, uh, time that goes into the editing process, graphical elements that pop up, transitions, all that jazz that wasn't in the first video, but you see them in every single video since then. And these are the types of channels that I got my main sources of inspiration from. People like Peanut Butter Gamer, uh, Cat Icarus, who's part of Hidden Block. It's a, a network of video game content creators. And uh, Satchel, who is, in my opinion, one of the best designers and creators of video game centric content on YouTube at all. His videos are absolutely amazing. Uh, they're well-written. I honestly thought he was a journalist at first because the, the points that he talks about are very scholarly and they're very well-analyzed. Uh, well, well analyzed. But the design that goes into his videos, the the polish and the, the structure of everything, the way he films everything, the way he does transitions and graphics, it's kind of a step above a lot of other videos I've seen. And I take a lot of inspiration from that. So... I wanted to talk to somebody who was a role model for me. And this episode is that. So uh, it's honestly, it's a conversation between two people who have similar interests and who are passionate about similar things. And we talk about video, we talk about podcasting, we talk about work-life balance. And I think it's an interesting conversation. Um, If I were to try to sell it as something that belongs here on the podcast i would say it serves as possibly inspiration for you to go out and do the same thing find somebody that does something that you want to do or that does something that you are doing and and strike up a conversation with them make a connection and some really cool things can happen um i guess that's really all i have to say about that so hopefully you enjoy the conversation this is one of the longer episodes and i'm making it even longer with my intro here but that's okay um, so i'll just blow through the rest of the intro here You can get my book over at college geek.com slash book It's called 10 steps to earning awesome grades while studying less. It's over 100 pages and I definitely put A ton of work into it. So I'd love if you check it out. It's also free and uh also, I mentioned my email address before, thomas at college of bookgeek.com. If you have questions about any part of the college experience, I will try my best to answer them in some capacity. It might be creating new content in the future based on your questions. It might be giving you a personal response, which I do try to do when I have time. And uh, it may be a new Q and A format in the future if I can, if I can manage it. Um you can subscribe to this show by going over to the show notes, which are at cigpodcast.com. And if you scroll down, you can find the episode 50 list uh, link in the list and you'll find links to anything we mention that's cool. You'll find um some videos from Satch, which are just amazing. So definitely check out the show notes. This is one of those episodes where you want to check out the show notes, and also you'll find a link to subscribe to the show and leave a rating interview if you want so cigpodcast.com so that's all i have to say for this intro let's dive into this conversation enjoy all right well welcome to the show
1: oh wait oh we're good we're going <laughs> yeah dude yeah
0: and you just know like, what just like that all right just like that yeah i do and see like you do podcasts with just uh, nick right or no, you do that uh, no, one no, video no. gamer I too, to, don't Yeah, you? I
1: do that one video gamer as well. And that yeah. that that is like a loose rotation, like when there's um when 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 I when I have time on Thursdays, usually record on Thursdays, like I'll uh usually George, the guy who is the host like every week, he'll send out an email like who's available out of everyone who's a part of T O V G and then <laughs> he'll be like, I'm good, I'll do it, I'll jump on and then some days, you know, I have to get
0: videos done or whatever. Oh man, that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Okay. So, well, actually that's one of the reasons that I wanted to do Listen, Money matters because I do this show and it's, it's nothing but interviews. So it's usually with people I don't know. And I tell them, yeah, I'm going to do the intro later. And then we'll just jump in. And then I have to like put on broadcast mode, like broadcast Tom. And oh, I see what you're saying. Like, Wait,
1: I didn't even know, dude, you don't understand. You're so, you say that you're struggling with articulation. You are so polished, like almost all the time. I don't even know when you're going in and out, dude.
0: Get You need to get out of here. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I think, I think it's odd. gotten better because I've done like 17 videos or whatever at this point. Wait, but,
1: so, so tell uh, me, are you working – sorry, this is blinding my eyes. Are you working full are, – are you working full-time alongside this or – No, this are is you, my full-time gig. This is your full-time. All right. Yeah. That's cool, man.
0: Yeah, it's it's real fun, and I I freaking love it because I can help students like be better, which is kind of like my passion.
1: Do do you mind me let, let me know if I've crossed the line? Like, it, it's ad revenue, ad revenue sort of funding you right now. Like, what's the?
0: It's like referrals for the most part. Yeah. Okay. So Like I have All like right. some WordPress tutorials and like Amazon stuff. So those are the big ones right now, and I'm hoping to also branch into like public speaking. Sure. So then schools can pay me to come talk to people. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually I don't do ads on YouTube. Um. Yeah, I think it's like the big thing for most YouTube creators, right?
1: Yeah, it's usually a combination of ad revenue and brand deals.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, or like, or like a DFTBA does like posters and shirts and stuff. Yeah, there's there's um, merch as
1: well. That that's also that's another thing.
0: Yeah, so like for me, uh, I started as a blogger, and then podcast was the second thing. So you know, and that's kind of where the income happens is on my website. So I figured if I have ads on my videos, it's going to be like more friction to get people to like become fans of the whole site as a, as a one product. Sure. So I decided not to do ads, at least at this point, like my channel's not that big.
1: No. Yeah. No, I totally hear you. I mean, even for me, um, I think, I think, well for definitely like in direct comparison to my peers, my channel is, is objectively small, but on top of that, like, it's something i'm always considering like even though i do ha- put have ads on my videos there's a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility as to how many ads you can have how frequently you want them to show up how long mm. you want the ad to be and i definitely lean a little bit more on the liberal side like the the, the lenient side just cuz i don't i don't know like i i'm not really sure what the average sorry, average audience <laughs> retention average audience retention is for um, things like that. Slowly feeling it out and figuring out if people are willing to uh, uh, wait through that stuff or if there's too much friction like you mentioned.
0: Yeah, and I, I guess I'm not like totally sure. Does gaming have like a good, I guess, demographic for advertisers? Um, yeah, usually people are always trying to sell a
1: game or um, okay. anything vaguely related to consumer electronics you'll find on there. Uh, um, at least for me, like if you're like if you're with a network, I think – if you're just using Google ads uh, independently, um, the ads can be kind of ambiguous. That's what I think. Um, mm. I'd like to give Google more credit, but I think generally like the ads are ambiguous. They're just like generic ads. And then um, usually the benefit comes from being with a network where they, based on the kind of content you're doing, the kind of content they're focusing on, they can kind of cherry pick the ads that seem the most relevant to the audience that you're reaching out to. And usually that just means more click-throughs, which means more money. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're more effective if you are advertising everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess for me, it's like, I want the click-throughs to go to my website. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. <laughs> totally, dude.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I guess that was a question I had. Is normal boots like a network? Because I've always just kind of seen it as like a group of friends who wanted to make videos together. It's a collective. By the way, is, is this podcast a... Sorry for asking. Is this
1: podcast a audio or video? It's audio. It's, it's just audio. Okay,
0: great. Yeah, I just do video because I like having Facebook.
1: No, no. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Um, Normal Boots is a collective. It's not okay. a network. However, it's a network in a sense that um, Normal Boots is another venue for revenue um, generally high mm. revenue because it's all first party stuff. Um, so anything that's on the site, we have a pro- proprietary player with its own set of ads that's being run by the wonderful folks at Screenwave Media. And, oh, okay. uh, that's another, uh, that's another venue for
0: revenue as well. Do you guys still do the thing where you like post a video there first and then to YouTube or are you like no. simultaneously? We actually did that in the beginning, and okay. then
1: um, over time we decided to revert to YouTube model just because YouTube is such an influential tool, um, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. It is it is a huge challenge, and even as we first started discussing it, I would see that it was definitely a huge challenge for um, channels, even with channels with, with huge influence and huge followings, to hop off of YouTube and get people to go there. Um, mm. Obviously, there's theoretically a big benefit of jumping off because you do get um, – a higher CPM and there you, you have a lot more control and even splits are lower to, if, if you're doing it all in house, there's no split, right? You just have yeah. control. Um, but if you do hire someone to do it, which is, you know, more commonly the case, like the split would be smaller. Um, but it's, it's just, it's so hard to combat that stuff. And actually the situation, some, one of the situations we ran into were fans would just watch it on the site first Rip it or capture it, throw it up on YouTube, and then that would get a whole ton of views. And oh, like yeah, it it can get it. It, it can I didn't even think it, about that it can go that way. So it was, it was definitely a challenge, and I think a lot of people just reverted back to um, uploading on YouTube and normal boots
0: simultaneously. Okay, and you still get a good amount of viewers on normal boots either way.
1: Um. I think comparatively it's the same. Yeah. Okay. Um what I what I did notice with my videos is, is I think definitely and I think the other guys felt it too probably, is that there was uh less views on YouTube afterwards. Okay. For for the for the videos, or at least initially. I remember kind of keeping track for the first week and it I remember not getting the same numbers I did when I released their first, which I guess in some capacity makes sense. There's definitely a level of risk to it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. So what I'm curious about, and you're probably going to like rebuff me here, but like, I think you're among like the top, like 2%, 1% of like quality videos on YouTube. And I mean, I don't know, man, you can, you can like deny it all you want. At least, at least in like gaming and vlog style stuff, like the quality you put into it is amazing. Like there, I go to your videos to like learn how to be a better video maker.
1: That's super encouraging to hear. I mean, I appreciate <laughs> that for sure. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I'm just gonna like I'm gonna let you just like have to have to talk, I'm like throw a weird compliment out there, and then and now I'm just gonna be silent. No, but I'm curious. So you, you know, you went to school for graphic design. I think you told me. Mm-hmm. Um, but your UX designer is like your your day job, right?
1: I, it's or a mix. I think with most people in our generation, right. Um, like millennial, post-millennial, we're, we're all sort of, especially like for the creative class of workers, we're all kind of generalists, right. And we're kind of with that where, um, it's not necessarily so cut and dry where it's like Jack of all trades, master of none, but actually for whatever reason, I mean, maybe it's, oh gosh, I'm using all these buzzwords, just kill me. <laughs> but like maybe it's attributed to the information age or something related to the fact that we have access to all of these tutorials and and mm-hmm. and and means of education through YouTube and um, even the fact that um, a lot of that stuff is independent and not polished in, in a certain way. Like we have very relatable people conveying like how to use different tools. Uh, for myself and for a lot of people at my job, um, we wear a lot of hats, so my title is senior user experience designer. Mm-hmm. I do user experience sometimes, I do creative sometimes, I do videography sometimes, animation sometimes, and then sometimes even like the more Microsoft Officey stuff, like requirements and whatever. Less that, but that's there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like jumping on a call to talk to a client, like you know. Yeah, like, yeah. Is it a pretty small studio then? It's about forty people.
0: Uh, oh wow, okay. When I, yeah.
1: When I first signed on, it was just over a dozen. Uh, you know, closer to like 18, I think. And uh I think it still had it was still it still kind of fell under startup a little bit. And then over time, like, you know, the numbers doubled and you know, um the project started getting bigger. So I guess now we're we're no longer kind of like it feels weird because when you go in, it's 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 a where I work, like the building, it's a refurnished barn, essentially. It's a All barn right. and a 100 year old, like, antique shop that got repurposed to, like, a place where people make apps and stuff, right? Okay. But, um, we definitely still function. I mean, we definitely had to have a conscious cultural shift to, um, not a startup. I, I, <laughs> I guess. I guess I want to use the word more corporate in a kind of way, but it really that's what it is. Functionally, I mean, we're dealing with corporations now, and in that regard, like there is a certain level of accountability and a certain uh, tier of understanding within management and and stuff like that that's required. So I guess culturally, um, I, I want to say from on on the professional facet end, definitely corporate. On the culture end. Somehow we've still managed to preserve, um, a lot of the culture. Obviously, some things mm. can't continue. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, we're not going to be playing ping pong or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Every startup has in their little like intro video or whatever, like playing, yeah, pong and drinking coffee and stuff. But there's lots of coffee though. That that's still there. Um, but it there needs you to be coffee. Yeah, but there. I, I would, from my perspective, there's a healthy balance of professionalism where there needs to be, and then culture, which you know, it's always nice.
0: Yeah. Well, what's surprising to me is that you guys have 40 people now, but you're still like personally hopping between all these different, uh, skill areas and even like doing client stuff, you know, like on the phone, Microsoft office, that kind of stuff at this point, even though you've grown a lot.
1: Um, it's honestly management. Like, uh, yeah, our, our CEO is pretty dope. He's, he's very, uh, he actually started off in creative. He was a designer And, uh, he wanted to start a company where people made, I forget what it was in the beginning. I think it was like rugs or something, something random. And then somehow it turned into like websites and then it turned into apps or whatever. But, um, at his core, he, I mean, he handles himself like a boss, but, um, at his core, he still values the importance of creative cultivation, you know, and Hmm. he still values the importance of rest. Like for example, I go home at five, which is not a thing in my field. Yeah, <laughs> You don't do that. You're kind of ruled by the deadline. And obviously, like when push comes to shove and there's important stuff to do, we do it. But mm-hmm. um, there is still uh, – it's still healthy in a kind of way, which, yeah, uh, which is great. Not. Like when one thing we used to have was uh, – we used to have a uh, art history teacher come in like once, once a week and teach us like drawing basics and like art history stuff. Seriously? Yeah. That's super cool. It was, it was, it was great for like, for one, it added to culture a great deal. Another, um, we got to communicate, like our creative team, we got to communicate. It was open for everybody really. So our creative team and anyone else who was interested, um, got to communicate on a more conceptual level without the pressure of like clients or deadlines, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and in that regard, I found that to be very, very helpful.
0: And it kind of gives you the opportunity to let somebody who's more of a novice sort of get their feet wet and then provide that perspective. Mm-hmm. Cause I've realized that, you know, when you, once you do something for so long, you start like glossing over things that a beginner would see. Definitely. Which is really interesting it it like, added to our processes or right, go ahead go ahead oh yeah i was just like with the, well with my design like on my website i've been looking at it for so long and then my girlfriend will see something and be like that's not obvious to a normal person like that you're supposed to do that and i'm like
1: oh i
0: do not <laughs> think about that cuz I, I built it
1: <laughs> yeah 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 definitely mm-hmm. there's definitely a, an author's blindness that gets surfaced when you start learning fundamental stuff again and yeah. uh, especially when you're around a lot of people so if you're learning with other people everyone just generally starts loosening up and they're able to talk to each other about each other's work. And it's not like a thin skinned, like finger pointy thing. Like, well, you yes. suck.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not like that, you know? Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, that's why I like talking to people who work in like very different fields. For sure. So you can just kind of like have discussions with people who don't do the exact same thing you do. And then you can get new ideas and it's just fun as well. I think.
1: No doubt. I totally agree.
0: Yeah. So I love that you get to go home at five. Um, (laughs) I don't know if you like the video I put up today, I think uh, has been this like this philosophical shift I've had when it comes to work where I need to let myself have fun time, like structured like hours long fun time, because if I don't, then I'll just act like I'm working all the time. But then I'll be distracted half the time and like on Reddit or Facebook or something that's not really fun and never really really gives me a recharge, but just extends my work time to forever forever. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're like, no, I'm going to be done at six or five for you, I guess, and I'm going to go play a game or I'm going like, to hang out with friends, then I can like be more efficient with my actual work time. Definitely. Which is pretty cool.
1: And one thing I found are you familiar with Jonathan Blow at all? Hmm. Okay. He's the developer for Braid. Um, oh, okay. Right. Like, pretty much, I guess, historically, the most successful in the first successful as it was indie game of all time. And he's yeah. an extremely intelligent guy. Like, sometimes what I'll do is, I mean, if I'm stuck or if I'm trying to grow or trying to change the way that I do things, like, I guess from a productivity standpoint, I'll just go into YouTube and I'll type, John Blow Talks. You know what I mean? And his his presentations, I mean, not only are they, they stellar and intricate, but he has an interesting, he had this interesting expedition about, um, the importance of rest. And I, for me, like I had mentors who always tried to instill the importance and value of rest. But, um, one thing that he talked about, especially with creativity and with getting new ideas, um, he found that he was only able to really land on solid ideas when he wasn't intentionally thinking about it. And like, he said that Mm -hmm. like he would carve out every week, like, he would go out into the city and he would just go dancing or whatever. And that he would always run into situations where he's a developer. So he would run into these development problems and he would never know how to solve them. Or he would just give himself a headache or get anxious to find an answer. And whenever he went out dancing at the end of the night, he would have a napkin in the back of his pocket and all these ideas would come to his mind and he'd just be able to jot them down. And like, when he said that, I was like, that's totally true. Like you don't like, Culturally, the idea is that we work to rest, right? We kind of like earn our yeah. time off. That's why it's called like time off and like time on is working. But in my head, I feel like it's almost organically the other way around where we rest to work. And through rest, we gain the capacity to work really well. I don't
0: know. Yeah. There's, so uh, there's a book called A Mind for Numbers. And it's all about how to become a better math learner. But in, the author talks about this uh, guy named Magnus Carlsen, who's the current number one chess player in the world. And when he was thirteen, he you know who Gary Kasparov is? No, uh, I don't. The guy so he uh IBM made this chess playing computer called Deep blue and it was the first one that was able to beat a chess champion and it was Gary Kasparov was the person it beat, but he was widely considered to be the best chess player of all time. And this thirteen year old kid plays him to a draw. But if you watch the match, the, the kid gets up uh and Magnus like walks around and looks at other tables and sort of just like rests his mind a little bit during the match and the author talks about like this, this concept of diffuse mode thinking versus uh, focus thinking. So focus thinking is when you're really in the trenches doing the development problem. And then diffuse thinking is when you go out dancing and you just kind of let your whole brain mull a problem over. It's not really all focused up here in this like prefrontal cortex area. And that's where right. the connections are made. So yeah, it's kind of the same thing where you got to give your mind a rest and then good things happen. Definitely. So have, cool.
1: have you, have you ever. So, I mean, what, what's your solution? Like what, what do you, what's your unwind thing? What's your totem? <laughs> inception talk. What's your totem?
0: Uh, it's a little top and I put it on the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, you guys should do an episode about inception. It's funny. Out of the three movies you've done so far, I haven't seen any of them
1: (laughs) okay we just recorded inception yesterday
0: so oh seriously yeah (laughs) oh now i'm stoked that's why that's why it's on the mind nice (laughs) i've seen that movie like three or four times i haven't seen any of the three that that you're talking about uh currently but yeah i my my girlfriend makes fun of me for being super phasic because i'll be like super stoked about one thing and I'll, like go through a phase and then the next week it's a different thing
1: oh dude i'm the same way yeah. i obsess that's the only way i can get through but i found i'm I'm okay with it now because i've accepted that it's just a marriage because i grow from it like yeah i need to get obsessed with something and then play it out and then realize why the romance was silly in the first place and then <laughs> i learned more
0: that way i don't know <laughs> yeah it makes sense so i think the one thing that i've consistently stuck with as like a totem quote unquote has been dance dance revolution i've been playing that since nice. i was 12 and luckily we still have a machine in town so i can go down there play a few games that's tight. keeps me in shape which is nice but it's also just like i don't know it's just beautiful to play <laughs> for sure so that's my going out and dancing that's
1: cool man yeah are but, you, what, what what level are you man what level uh nope.
0: heavy devils <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah i play it on doubles i can't like do the crazy in the groove them, like, like <laughs> insane songs yet but uh, my goal right now is to beat every song on doubles in on the old extreme mode like that's the, tight uh, is that, that that's how you that's how you stay fit yeah <laughs> well my girlfriend and i go to the gym too which okay. we were like off the routine for a while and then we just went back on monday and i'm feeling like rubber right now <laughs> 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 i thought like doing the seven minute workout every morning would keep me from like getting bad but it didn't work <laughs> i feel terrible right now so we need to get back into the habit of that but yeah it's fun it does keep you in shape um otherwise it's been like civ 5 right now so, five. Just okay so tight. much time into civ 5 <laughs> that's great i can um, see uh, you using your strategy smarts to uh wreck some fools i wouldn't put it back <laughs> <laughs> i would go for science victory i don't want to do like dominion victory it seems too messy <laughs> I don't know because like you build units and then they die. So I'm like, why don't I just invest that into science, which doesn't die? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I have like this, uh, this fantasy that I get amazingly good at strategy games, like like super complicated ones like Crusader Kings, and then I can just get into it and know every little nook and cranny. Sure, but sure. It takes so much of a time investment, and when you work all the time, it's very difficult to really sink your teeth into a game. Yeah,
1: no, I totally feel you. Like even with which it's supposed to be ironic because I make videos about games, I don't really get to play games that often, frankly. Yeah. The um but, but friends will add me on Steam and they're like, "Yeah, we should totally play a game together." And then they see like my Steam activity, they're like, "Dude, you don't play any games." Like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm just playing with your EDS," which sometimes I am, really, but yeah. Um it's 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 just as difficult finding time to play games as it is uh finding time to edit all the things that may or may not be about games
0: yeah just. it's and it's really weird my, my friends will make fun of me they're like why do you watch every single hidden block a normal boots person and why do you watch let's plays but you don't play games and i'm <laughs> like i think it's because there's just this commitment like this time commitment you have to sink into a game and often i don't know you're so preoccupied with like projects you want to do you just can't do it so you're like i'm just gonna yeah. see what's new on satis channel or see what's new on like pvg or something and that's yeah. only going to take twenty minutes at most. So I don't know. I enjoy it, Definitely. but also I just enjoy. I learn it from it as well. You know, I've been doing videos for three or four months now, and at first my inspiration was dude, just yeah, of here, man. Yeah, the well, okay. sound and lighting is solid, dude. <laughs> oh, thanks, dude. Um, I had some help. I did have some help. My friend sure. Andrew, I think he went, He went to school for this stuff, and he was like, "Wistia Learning Library, man." So I don't know if you heard of Wistia.
1: No, no, I haven't. What is, is that like Linda? Uh,
0: kinda Wistia is a video hosting platform. So if you want to have like videos that you put on your own site that are not like on YouTube or anything, uh, you can pay for Wistia and they have amazing analytics, like far better than what you get on YouTube. Okay. You can see like exactly where people leave the video, like when they have the tab active on the video, I think like all sorts of crazy stuff. Okay. um, so it's, like, it's really good for people that want to build it on their own site as a platform. Yeah, that's And cool. I was, like, you know, I want I want YouTube to be my platform because it's going to be a growth arm. But they have this library of really cool videos just to teach you how to make videos. And they have one called the DIY Lighting Kit. So I don't know if you know this, but my nice. lighting is, like, dish lights from the Home Depot with regular light bulbs screwed into them and then just, okay. like diffusion paper clothes pinned over it yeah yeah (laughs) it's like really yeah (laughs) it's really really sketch but it works i mean it looks good yeah man light is light dude that's tight (laughs) yeah and then i got like a lamp dimmers to dim it which works really well but how how much
1: how much in total did that set you back
0: um the lighting kit was probably maybe a 100 bucks with the stands okay and i probably could have done it for less but i ended up buying like several types of light bulbs and and breaking a few and realizing some of them wouldn't work okay Got i had to learn that cfls are not by nature dimmable no <laughs> no <Yeah. laughs> so you have to get dimmable ones and even the dimmable ones aren't even that dimmable they're like half dimmable like and then tick, they shut tick. off yeah <laughs> yeah so like i'll get it like at the very lowest dim setting and then if i accidentally like kick the dimmer while i'm filming i just i'm screwed it just up. falls <laughs> yeah. on yeah <laughs> i have to do it all over again yeah. Um, but my, my first inspiration was like vloggers and they just talked. Right. And I guess that was kind of what helped me get into it. Cause it wasn't so intimidating if I could just talk and somehow build a presence that way. Yeah. Um, but then I started finding channels like yours and like, uh, caddies and, uh, PPGs. And like, I was, Oh, these people were like adding editing and, and making cool things. And I find myself watching them more and being more engaged. So I just started studying the stuff that you guys are making. For and even sure. though it was applied to gaming, I was like, you know, I can apply some of these kind of things to, to college videos, dude, for sure. When, when, how did you even get that idea? I have
1: so many questions for you. <laughs> I think you're the coolest person in the world. Can nah, I just man. say that? No, nah, man, you are. <laughs> <laughs> like what? I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious to know the inspiration for making like this sort of like web resource and like the, the, I guess the the work and the steps that went into putting together your ebook like
0: oh yeah okay so yeah <laughs> where, where should i start like how the whole thing started
1: yeah <laughs> highlights <laughs> yeah. sure man
0: um so and and in exchange i want to know how you started making videos but i'll start sure, sure. so uh the, the short story is that when i was a freshman i applied to write for like a established college blog which i was a huge fan of Um, I, I have this thing where I become fans of things and then I want to immediately join it. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. yep. And, uh, so I applied and they rejected me and I had this post I'd written and I was like, I don't want this to go to waste. So why not start my own blog? Uh, and I just like through most of college, I just wrote on what I was doing to be a better student and people started reading and eventually I was like, well, maybe I could make this a business and not have to leave my friends when I graduate. I think that was a big motivation. I didn't want to leave my friends. And uh, it worked out. So it was it was just writing. I eventually started the podcast because I was listening to podcasts. And I went to a media conference where one person presented on podcasting. And they, they said something that really stuck with me about how when you make a podcast, you sort of build a connection with your listeners that you can't get through writing. They almost feel like they know you. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Like, I feel like I know the people I listen to. So I'm going to make a podcast and just throw it up there. So I think that was kind of like the the path that led me down this, you know, this road to where I could eventually say, oh, videos aren't that bad. You know, they're not that scary, even if I don't have all the equipment. Because I, you know, the people that I watch make videos, they're like, I have a Canon Rebel 5D with, you know, $500 lighting kit. I don't even have any of that. I'm using
1: a (laughs) T3i. I'm still using the budget stuff.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think I'm on an even more budget camera than you are. Uh, I'm using a sony nex 5n it's not even a dslr
1: okay like the it's a mirrorless camera like a okay like a like a handicap, dude there are some really nice mirrorless cameras right now have you seen the a7s i don't know i don't know if don't you're like so. super i don't know i don't know if you go super gearhead Maybe I, can I do a little bit to. actually okay. i
0: have i have like an article that i was scrolling through this morning on new cameras because i'm thinking about upgrading it
1: okay um, yeah the, a lot of people are a lot of videographers especially i don't know if you're familiar with philip bloom he's like my uh, DP idol right now. He has been for, I guess, maybe like just over a year now, but, um, a lot of, uh, I guess director of photography, like obviously by proxy video, videography, like enthusiasts have been talking about mirrorless cameras and a lot of the advantages they provide. Like some of the, the, some of the disadvantages is like having the mirror is like really good if you're like looking to focus in on this leaf in this forest that's like a mile away. But like, mm-hmm. um, for a lot more commonplace, like, regular uses even even more abstract ones mirrorless cameras offer greater advantages in low light and things like that and i I don't know there are a whole bunch of like articles and youtube videos about it now and like um the sony a7s is one i would definitely toss that model over to you to just set aside and kind of take a look at i can send you a whole bunch of videos that were shot on it it's phenomenal i haven't gotten one yet so obviously i can't like you know, take take my words with a grain of salt, but people I yeah. trust have gotten it, and it's it's okay. it's, it's, in, it's it's interesting.
0: So there are advantages of the mirrorless over like DSLRs. Yes, yes, oh. I think I think specifically for video, but I
1: think photography okay lens in there lens in there as well. But yeah, sorry, that was a tangent,
0: <laughs> dude. That's totally cool, and I, like I would love to pick your brain about gear at some point because eventually I think I do want to upgrade my video setup. The one pain point. I have two pain points with my camera right now one the focus and I don't know if this is like universal to cameras or not but if I focus on my face and then the camera has to shut off and turn back on the focus is reset so
1: what like, yeah the
0: lens doesn't like yeah it's like weird like it's got a focus ring and I focus on my face but then if I turn the camera off and back on it's like unfocused so it's there's some weird like
1: that's weird I'm not
0: sure what's going on there but it's hard because I mean I'm sure you're familiar with like not having a partner to do videos with you just have to focus it on like right just me yeah a stand and then go stand right where the stand was
1: yeah, I've <laughs> definitely though. To be fair, I've definitely shot like super long shots, and then I look back at the footage, is like it's out of focus. What happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stepped forward. Oh, I forgot when I leaned forward to pick up that thing, or I don't know.
0: Oh, but do you dude, have a monitor that you set up? Like to- now, I now I do. I mean, that was, okay.
1: that was that was years ago. Now I don't. I don't run into that problem. Like you make the same mistake enough times, and like. Yes. You just don't even like – even if like you're like sweaty and like you just want to get it done, like you're just like, <laughs> no, we're doing every precaution. I'm going to record the sample video, throw it on the SC, throw it on the computer, see if it works and then go back to it because I don't – no one wants to go – no one wants to go back.
0: To- oh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're like so scared the lighting is going to be different and like – Yeah, it's, it's I don't it's shoot it's on a much. tripod, so because what do you my, do? Tri- my tripod is not tall enough to – to like have my face in focus and not have the light up there in focus so i set it on top of the bookshelf behind okay me. yeah and it. i like wait, how tall it. are you i'm six two holy
1: so. crap get out of here dude wait are you still coming to the city
0: Is yeah that, man i'm coming okay. march 5th i think all right all right yeah
1: you. holy crap
0: i had no idea are all you right. not dude i always I'm, like assume <laughs> everyone's like six foot online <laughs> i'm six i'm 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 six foot it's just okay. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, but, some people are like i thought you were gonna be short I'm like, yeah
1: <laughs> i don't know that i i stopped myself because it sounds weird and i was like you look like you could be a short person
0: i don't know <laughs> i don't know what that means anyway yeah, it's hard because all you ever see is like people from their shoulder the upper up, torso yeah so yeah, yeah but i'm sick so i i think if i got like a a taller tripod it would be much better because i could set it where it's supposed to go but yeah. as it stands dude, it's got to go on that dude anytime. time you are not a
1: nuisance. I mean, if you need help with any kind of equipment stuff, I'd love to like, I've made a lot of mistakes and I'd love to share the fruits of those mistakes with you. <laughs> sure, man. Yeah, I'd love to awesome. make recommendations, whatever. <laughs> we can, we can, we can always talk about equipment stuff. I'm always down for that. Sweet. Any, anything I do to help out whatever you're doing.
0: Yeah. And likewise. So yeah, that's my, my little video process. Oh, oh that's the cool, cool thing. Like as you do videos, you get a process. And it's funny, like, the first time I did a video, I was like, ooh, I'm going to make it perfect. It's going to be so good. It's going to be, like, as good as PNG uh-huh. videos and everything. And it was okay. But now, like, 17 later, I realized there are things I didn't even think of. Like, now I step off the frame so I have just a shot of my backdrop that I can use in the thumbnail if I want to, like, move my face or something, like, cut it out. Oh, I couldn't call. do that before. Good
1: call. Good call. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and, like, now I remember, okay, I need a clap so I can sync the audio in the in the video and I need to make stupid faces before I start filming. So I have like a thumbnail face instead of just trying to like find the exact moment exactly, where my face yeah. is blurry. <laughs> exactly. And like, what, you don't do that. Cause I think you just have what thumbnails I do... that are like just designed yeah, but, yeah. I've, yeah. I've thumbnails
1: that are just designed. Oh, I thought you meant for like, if you're like capture, capture and logging, like, cause for me, I'll have like a specific line and I'll say it maybe like six or seven times. And I'm like, oh. so to let myself know the beginning of each set, what I do is in the preview, it'll show me the video alongside the waveform. So I clap mm-hmm. before each one so that the peak shows that there's a big bump yeah. in waveform. And then for the one where I'm like, no, 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 no. this is it. This <laughs> is it. I just like wave my arms like a maniac. That way when I scrub to that section, I can like, you know, it's oh, brilliant.
0: Yeah, my friend Caleb. I think he does like three snaps. If he does it wrong, and then like claps five times if he gets it right or something. There
1: you go. Yeah. One
0: thing you can do if you have like thumbnails enabled in the timeline is you can cover the lens when you get a good shot, so then you can look for like the the uh, totally black bars, and then you're like, all right, I that's where it was. That's where
1: you started. Yeah. Good yeah. Part.
0: All right, I'm doing that one. <laughs> <Or> the waveform <laughs> works too, though. Honestly, like I I knew that, and then I just haven't done it for whatever reason. I think it's because. Mike, that's one of the other pain point that I was going to talk about with my camera. It overheats after like, 15 oh, minutes. Oh no. Yeah. So it's like, and I don't know what it is. My room is usually nicely ventilated, but the moment, like it's like, there's some force in nature that knows I'm going to film. And then it starts raising the temperature in my room. <laughs> so the room gets unbearably hot and I'm like, okay, I've got about 15 minutes max to do this. And I never prepared the script well enough. So oh, I just dude. like stand there and just try to do it. And that's like, so hard. <laughs>
1: It's so hard. I'd be so hot and bothered.
0: Yeah. Oh, I have a question. Do you write your scripts out or do you just like bullet them? It's a mix. Um, okay. in, the
1: beginning, in the beginning, it was just straight up script. Okay. And then actually in the beginning, it was straight up script. And what I would do is I would like memorize uh, like a paragraph or whatever and then go for it. And that took a super long time. And then- yeah. Um, I got one of those like little Lily put monitors. They're like these seven inch HDMI monitors that sit on the hot shoe of your DSLR. Okay. And like, I put lines on those and, um, at first it was just taking that as gospel. But then over time, like as I got new ideas talking about stuff or whatever, like I might start off on the script and then go off. And so it's been, it's been a mix, but mostly script stuff.
0: Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So one of the decisions I made consciously was to do one video a week. Uh, cause I have good. like a role model guy who does like a video every day. So I was like, you know, I can be, that's consistent. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but part of the reason, like part of the, the drawback with that is I can't always put as much time as I want to into every single process. That's right. The process. So writing the script, right. the couple of times I try to write the script, I write it and then immediately like go to filming. So then I'm like sitting there like nervous, the camera's on, like trying to memorize a line and then say <laughs> it and then I've always messed it up. So now I just bullet it and hopefully get it and yeah. sometimes i'll like go drive somewhere in my car and just like talk the video to my voice recorder and sort of like get my thoughts out yeah
1: man i do that too <laughs> i do a brain dump and then you have to sit through and sift through and then i write down the bullets from the
0: yeah my <laughs> yeah so did you start making videos like before you got your job was it like something you were doing in college or was it like now you're in your job and i want to start just putting the things you were doing at work into a video
1: um, it was, I started making videos in high school, uh, okay. went to, I went to a magnet school and in it, it was sort of like, it was unorthodox in a sense that you chose a major when you went in. So the idea in was that would, yeah, the idea huh. is that you would, you would pick a focus and they would equip you for that focus. And then, you know, hopefully you would follow through through college. Like it was a very, like, they kept using the word, In some ways it was an enjoyable experience, in some ways it wasn't. Because they're a very aggressive school, so like their, their thing was like, we always want to make sure that you're competitive. (laughs) Competitive and all that other stuff. And sometimes the politics around like being competitive, was like it was too much um, mm-hmm. but in other ways it equipped us because we were always thinking about like the next step so like they had programs dedicated to like getting us into internships and um, training us to training us to apply to college well and be mindful of college well which was something that turned out to be ultimately valuable but part of the whole like program was um I tra- there was IT biomedicine law and pre-engineering I was in IT um, which is essentially just comp sci yeah. and um they had these computer labs and they had these Mac labs with like iMovie and Final Cut stuff on. And we, did, I, at that point in time, I had never touched like Apple computer ever. Um, but I started falling in love with like iMovie and Final Cut and there would be some classes where you could, um, it was pretty much just a scapegoat for me where it, it, teachers would be like, Oh yeah, you read this book or did this thing. You could write an essay or you can make a video. So it was like, um, video, <laughs> cause I don't want to write an essay. Yeah, and so that's as far as origins. That's when I started making videos. They weren't good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then in college, when DSLR film really started to be a thing, which is probably like sophomore junior year of college, um, I took it really seriously because um, I fell in love with the idea of making films that had depth of field. It was the one thing that was in point and shoot cameras and the the camcorders that um, I. It was one of those things where the moment you realize like what that is and the kind of power you have over it, I was like, okay, now I want to start doing videos again. Like I have this power over these specific things that are really aesthetically pleasing for me. And I, I think that I can convey a story well. I think at that point I was just focused on making the prettiest thing that I could make. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, so in college I took, you know, classes or whatever. And then after college was when I wanted to, um, I wanted to have something. I wanted to have a creative thing that I went to that was sort of a break from graphic design because that's what I was doing all the time.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you were like, so you just kind of applied it to video? Then? Let me know
1: when I'm going on too long. <laughs> I never know
0: when I'm just going on and on and on. I <laughs> know, uh, man. Like, seriously, this is a very conversational thing. Right. like part of the reason I started the podcast was like i bet that people who are really cool will want to talk to me if i have a podcast <laughs> dude i would talk to you regardless man <laughs> well hey man that's that's super cool um and i definitely appreciate it but i guess like that was that was kind of the idea in the at the first part like i don't know if you know who, like gary banter truck is i think he's in new york and like super huge guy and uh probably would never have given me the time of day if i just wanted to like pick his brain then he was like oh yeah i'll be on the podcast. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm a college right student. No, Gary yeah.
1: Vaynerchuk. Vaynerchuk, yeah.
0: Vaynerchuk.
1: Today in GV,
0: he's like a pretty cool oh. guy.
1: Oh, cool! Look at all this content here. I haven't I haven't heard of his stuff before, but this looks cool.
0: He yeah he he was like one of the early guys in like web shows. He like one about wine because like he that was his his thing, kind of like his area of expertise growing up. Okay. Well, here's,
1: here's him in a photo with Jay-Z. So he must be important. He he does know some pretty
0: well-known people.
1: That's tight. Oh no, he has a Wikipedia page. Okay. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, he did this thing back in like 2012, I think, or maybe 2013, where it was like, I'm going to do an interview every day with one person. And I think like he quit halfway through, but I got in like at the tail end so I got right. and it was like the most nerve wracking thing ever. Like he was very like he was in a car, I think, going to a meeting and then just like talking to me on the phone. I had to teach <laughs> myself how to record phone calls. Skype <laughs> Skype's easy, but how do you record a phone call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he picks up the phone. He's just like, let's do it. That's crazy. <laughs> no, that, uh, I'm like, OK, <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> and it was like the seventh interview I'd ever done. So I was like, oh, uh, OK, let's let's try it. That's cool, man. Dude, so you must be like an experienced interviewer, man. That's cool. <laughs> I have done maybe close to forty or fifty now. Dang. Yeah. It does get easier, but it's still it's still tough, especially when you don't know the person at all. And for the other podcasts I do, we bring in a lot of people who I just have no idea what they do. Yeah. They just like they're, oh, this person runs like this financial resource thing. Okay. And it's like it's like a networking event, but with the pressure of knowing that a bunch of people are going to hear it right yeah, right it's tough right yeah. no,
1: that's a really good way of putting it yeah
0: yeah so like you have to you have to be in like presenter mode and you're like okay this is a show but I don't know this person and I, I want to make it seem conversational and like casual
1: uh. that's definitely a skill within itself and and the more and more I watch interviews um, the, the more and more I, I kind of see just how conscious of an effort it is and and, and all the nuances that that um, interviewers take on so I mean I have a great a great respect for that, that, that's super mm. tight.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. But so it's, it's easier when you've like watched the work somebody's done. So like, I've watched a bunch of your videos and like, we talked on Twitter a couple of times. I'm like, okay, I know you're a cool guy. I've like seen your work. I've talked to some of the people, you know, so it's a lot easier. But with some of them, it's like, also, I think you're just a very conversational person. Some people, oh, cool. <laughs> some I'm, people I'm, are like, <laughs> yeah, it's like pulling teeth. <laughs> yeah, that's encouraging
1: to hear because i know my myers brigness is a i'm an int j so that's oh really know, yeah yeah i i land on introverted but the it's like introverted but in certain introverted but um capable of being an extrovert in particular circumstances or whatever for me it's just super comfortable because yeah we talked and i think your stuff's really cool so yeah that's all it's uh, that <laughs> so i guess and like, and like it seems like a lot of our like even if, even if we do different, like, even though we're different types of content creators, and so there is some overlap there, but even though we are different content creators in some kind of ways, like, the fact that you share in the pain of, like, revising workflows and finding <laughs> ways to be more efficiently productive in that internal battle with, like, our laziness and things like that. I don't know, there's, there's, there's a lot to relate to in that that makes it very easy to.
0: Yeah, plus I think if I had time, I would have a game channel of some sort. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like you. I don't play that many games, but I'm just fascinated by them, like the stories and the graphics and just like the mechanics and everything. I would do that if I had the time to put that much effort into it. Um, But it's just like a lot of the same, you know, we do a lot of the same things, even if it's a different subject matter. And I get a lot of inspiration from it. It's funny. My girlfriend sent me a personality thing today. today in our Slack chat. Okay. And I'm an ENTJ, which I usually get, but, um, I think I always get ENTJ because of what I've like forced myself to become. I think I'm technically an uh, introvert as well. Okay. It's weird. Like there's all, like all of us people that put things out on the internet and stick our necks out, but we're like introverts at heart. (laughs) Yeah. There's
1: there's always, I, I always find it really interesting, like, like genuinely interesting when like, um, I've, so I guess ever since I really started doing, YouTube stuff. I've been making a lot of friends on the internet first, specifically on Twitter, Mm. and like you know, we'll have a lot of really interesting conversations, and it might carry its way over to Skype, and it may even carry its way over to like Skype like video chats, you know. And then we'll there like it's interesting meeting someone in a convention or whatever in real life, and you find out that they're super super quiet. But we started off having all of these really like like. Like involved, sometimes existential conversations on the internet, but the moment you meet in real life, it's so different. I don't know. I I yeah. find that really. I find it cool.
0: Honestly, it is cool. The, the context really changes things a lot. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, I haven't gone to a lot of gaming conventions. That kind of, one thing that intimidated me was I felt like like I'm, I was watching all these channels that you get you guys make like PPG makes like Catacrist and everyone i felt like since i didn't make gaming content i wouldn't have a common ground and then like like why would they want to talk to me i don't have a game channel you know i'm not like part of normal boots or part and then and then like i try to reach out and then you're like oh hey we're interested in a bunch of other things that are not games yeah of course you have stuff that's not you know gaming related but i'm still interested i'm like oh okay
1: Yeah, frankly, I'm not even sure. I I mean, I can't speak for other people, but I don't even think that would be the case at all. Like when, when, when my friends and I get together at conventions and we hang out, the last thing we talk about is a thing that we do all the time. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, like, like, like games, you know, we'll talk about games because games are fun and we'll talk about YouTube because we all do it. But yeah, um, largely there's a whole family of other things that, you know, and even like I find at conventions, I always meet like a whole slew of, of, of I always make a whole slew of new friends and they might not all necessarily be like into that kind of like YouTube gaming space or whatever. So it's it's a, it's a mixed bag for sure.
0: I think maybe part of it is that a lot of the people that are like in the circles I've traditionally met people in their content area that they focus on is very professional related. Like I'm going to blog about how to be better with money or like how to get a job and stuff. So then I, I, I had this assumption that if you make video game content, like that's, your fun passion—that's all you want to talk about—and it's not—it's right, right, totally right, right. not true. I don't know why I made the assumption, but it just doesn't seem as like job joby, as right, right? Right? Yeah, yeah totally, <laughs> totally. Yeah. So and, there, like- there, and there's definitely
1: a there's definitely a gradient within that where I, I have a lot of friends who like they do gaming content and they love games. We're talking about mechanics all the time. Like for mm-hmm. like like for example, oh well, I don't want, I don't want to paste that caricature that I just illustrated on anybody. <laughs> so on a complete. End of conversation, new conversation. I have friends who are very enthusiastic about games and they do them – they make videos on the internet as well. For example, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Super Bunny Hop. There's a guy named George Weedman, super analytical guy, yeah. super smart, super nice. He's a part of the TOVG family. Like I met him in real life. We had a blast, played a whole bunch of games together. He is so passionate about games, so passionate about mechanics. And like while he was there, like he was just there to just take in like, like every, like, you know, to be in as many competitions as possible, to look at all these different retro games that he's seen, to share his knowledge with other people. And it was just an awesome time and he's so enthusiastic. Meanwhile, I have friends like Greg. Jar Gerard, partner on the Completionist, and like mm. we, when we get together, we talk zero about video games. We talk about music and like music and like <laughs> <Just> cars, music. <laughs> music, cars, whatever, any anything else. Or so like same with Nick. Like the the, the whole reason that like Cinephilia Anonymous started was because like when we hung out, we never really talked about video games. We just talked about life and life and movies. You know?
0: Yeah. Like yeah, it's that's cool. Bag. And I think that kind of like increases the likelihood I might go to something like SGC or something and like, yeah, meet dude, all the tight. people. SGC
1: yeah. and MAGFest are the ones like those are the ones where it's uh super it's fan oriented. So mm-hmm. it's not like it's not like corporate and like there aren't like big banners or anything. So everyone's just hanging out. Everyone's having a good time. There's a lot of freedom The freedom. There's a lot of free time. And
0: yeah, you know, it, it makes sure. me curious. How did MAGFest get so big? Like being in maryland it seems like the it would be a tough place for a lot of people to get to
1: it does i don't know how they did it frankly i mean my guess is that they they brought out the right guests or something like that Mm -hmm. i mean for the longest time i could remember i know that um john and his old partner they have a let's play called game grumps i know that they um have been guests at that for a long time i don't know if that's sort of what Okay, Um, Brought a lot of people out. I feel like that might be what did. Yeah, Um, I've been going – this year was my – I think it was my fourth year, my third or fourth year. But I remember the first year I went – I actually went by myself on a whim. I was meeting some friends there that I hadn't seen in a long time. And it was just sort of like I found out that it existed one day. And the next day I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do something spontaneous. And I'm just going to drive five hours to like (laughs) DC and have fun because I like games and I like music. And I didn't know that much about YouTube at the time, but I remember hearing that like that was a thing. So, okay.
0: Like know. them being there, like John, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That, that,
1: that, that a whole bunch of like different talented YouTubers being there and that YouTube was like a thing. I remember there being a panel for like how to make it on YouTube in my head, like at that point in time, like YouTube was a very compelling place for videos of
0: cats. Like I didn't really <laughs> know or care about what YouTube did. Well, it is a very compelling place for cats. Yes, yes, especially if, say, Frank is voicing said videos about cats. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is true, say,
0: Frank. Oh my gosh! I just found like he had a he had a show called I think it was just called The Show. Like yeah, back in two thousand six, yeah, two thousand seven,
1: college. Yeah,
0: I just found out about it today, and I watched a bunch of episodes. Yeah, I don't, like, I don't even. This have, is like the start of vlogging.
1: It was. It was, and it was so funny. Like that was when, like, the whole concept of like jump cuts and stuff were like. Fresh or like saying an idea not finishing and then jumping to another idea. I was like, whoa, this is so like frantic mm. and cool. I, ho- I wish there was more content like this. Yeah. And then the internet gave me too much. Of- <laughs> more than you could ever <laughs> handle. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's a lot of just like talking about whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Yours seemed, honestly, I, I assumed you were a journalism major when I found your channel. Really? Yeah. That is a compliment. Because I
1: don't think I'm good at that.
0: <laughs> but I mean, it seems like that's what you're trying to focus on. Like, you use terms like ludonarrative dissonance, which I would only know because I've read journalistic articles about it. <laughs> and I'm like, he's not talking about the graphics and how much blood and gore there is. He's talking about like narrative stories and like the political I don't know, influences on the game, which is really cool. It's totally different than anything else you see usually. So, I mean paired that with just the way you structure your scripts and everything in your videos, I, I figured that oh, he must be a journalist that just is really good at design. <laughs> like really good.
1: That's really cool, man. I consider that a compliment.
0: And I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take your invitation to ask you about stuff like seriously because I'll watch it and be like, where do you get those effects? Like the glitch transitions and like the cool line like, oh, uh, okay. T V lines and stuff. I don't even know where to find that stuff. Okay. Um, so there's this
1: app called Apple Motion. It's old. Right?
0: Oh, you in Motion?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay. And okay, the way that Final Cut, I, so I, I edited in Final Cut Pro X. Final okay. Cut Pro X is amazing. Yeah. And what it has is uh, it, it integrates with Apple Motion templates um, right. so that you can create what the program recognizes as title transitions um, into effects that if you just lay it, if you just drag it on top of whatever video it is, it'll add that effect to the video. So it like, it's like a, a modulator later thing. I don't know. So that's
0: easy.
1: Right. So in Apple motion, um, there are already a bunch of like presets and stuff in there where you can okay. like make effects for like videos and stuff like that. And you can like modify them and, um, export them and bring them into Final Cut Pro X. And then on top of that, um, a lot of, I mean, I get a lot of inspiration from fcp.co it's just this open final cut community where people submit different things that they're working on you know what i mean like whether it be plugins or whatever and uh, i think if you go there you're not going to find like this Well, I don't, I don't want to diss the community because the community is great and enthusiastic and makes really cool tools that I've used, um, that I've used as is before. But you definitely, I don't think you're going to find like a holy grail of stuff. And I think some of it just has to do with the fact that not a lot of people are using Final Cut Pro X. A lot of people are using Premiere Pro. Yeah. Um, but of the stuff you find there, you can tweak all of it to your liking, you know what I mean? And so with things like anti semantics, like I got a lot of stuff from there, like just tweaking and, We're all tweakers,
0: right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to have to find like translations from this over to my workflow because I edit on Windows. So it's After Effects and Premiere Pro for me. But I'm sure sure I can find things that are similar.
1: I was literally just thinking about that. Like today I was like, I was thinking about how uh we can talk more about it offline but okay. from 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 a from a very general standpoint like my thoughts were kind of like well i'm using final cut i love final cut i don't really see a reason to leave it like because I, i'm i'm at this point where um i can sing with that software like i'm not thinking about how i have to do what i do if i think of something i can just make it and that yeah i that freedom is like it takes time to like get there so i i'm i'm glad that i can do that and that's all i need um but i do realize that A lot of design houses, a lot of my favorite editors are using Premiere Pro. And I I know that part of it is the fact that it integrates so well with After Effects. Now for me, I don't necessarily – I'm not necessarily bottlenecked by that because their Premiere to After Effects is my Final Cut to Motion or just Final Cut to Final Cut because Final Cut does special effects as well. Mm. Um, But um, I, I definitely want to dig into it. And see what it's like, because you you never know down the road what knowing those tools might be like. And I I don't know, I might find out the workflows faster. Like generally, how do you feel about using that combo? What, what's it been like? Like how's has it been treating you?
0: Well, it's it's hard for me to say. I love Premiere Pro. Um, for After Effects, all I have done is I mean, if you've seen any of the videos I do, the only thing that has done After Effects is the like text quotes that type themselves out with the typewriter effect. Sure, and then I just sort of like. I don't even know if there's a better way to do this. I actually export it and render it as uh, MP4, and then just drag it in, like import it to uh, Premiere and just okay drag it on the top on the timeline. I don't know. I I should. That's the problem with making a video every week. Like since you're on a deadline, you're like, I'm going to use the things I've learned, and then there's no time to ever learn anything new. So, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm hoping that I can sort of offload some of my work and start niching down into specific areas for a while, and be like, okay, I'm going to take this week to really dig into After Effects. Definitely, definitely. Um, I saw the the. You know the Crash Course channel at all? That sounds so familiar. It's a uh, like John Green from Vlogbrothers does it, and then it's like a world. It's like a educational channel, so they have a world history series and like a science series and U.S. history, and it's all like, uh, him like talking on a nicely made set, but then, like lots of anima- uh, animations are drawn in there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. They posted like a thirty second like super sped up clip of the people who made the animations like their after effects workflow and i was just like blown away by how much work went into like a single animation that's so crazy. many layers and and morphing images and stuff and i'm just like i just type text and yeah, tell yeah. it when to render <laughs> and tween it that's it yeah. so i want to learn some more stuff i would love to bring more effects into it like one of my biggest priorities is making videos that really justify the use of video i think because if it's just a talking head, right. you know, no, why do make totally a podcast?
1: So I'm totally with you. Yeah. There, there it's this weird in between thing. And I actually I might be making a mistake by talking about it right now. But like <laughs> it I, I have a lot of unprocessed thoughts on it. So disclaimer, unprocessed, unprocessed thoughts. I never want to demerit somebody else's art like somebody else's mm. medium of conveyance because they're all yeah. important um and ranking them as a waste of time. Um but I'm finding it is It is objectively true that right now video is the most compelling way to convey information. Mm. Um, TLDR is a mimetic thing, but it's also partially a very real thing because no one is that interested in reading long form generally. Mm. Um, I am, but I know that I'm in the minority and, and obviously that depends on the context. I think for things like I learned something new today or, I don't know. Even tutorials like long form it's people are like come on, come on, you know? And uh maybe some of it's impatience or maybe some of it is just there's better ways to communicate specific things, you know. Yeah. And uh I found that video is just an objectively successful way of conveying those things. And on many occasions I'll be in the middle of writing a a blog for something and even now, like I wanted to write a reflection on my past year and I'm in the middle, I'm still in the middle of writing it right now. Um, in the middle of it, I realized I've been, I've been journaling, I'm a journaler. I've been journaling since I'm six, since I was 16, like at least five days a week, like writing down what happened. Cause it's just, for me, it's just like really important. And yeah. you like, you, you kind of grow in like subterranean ways as well. Like even just with writing and like vocabulary and things like that. But like the, even though I love that so much, and I always make sure to put all my most personal things in writing. I'm realizing, no, it's it's time. It's time that this stuff has to be video. And yeah. I think a lot of ver- journalists are catching on to that. And what you find is that a lot of YouTube content um, will have, I know for me, specifically for gaming, like stellar journalism, and it's a guy reading his article, he's reading his blog over gameplay for yeah. like an extended amount of time and i'm split i'm i'm honestly split and i i take full responsibility if it's if it's like demeriting other people's work i don't this isn't my final opinion everything on the internet is so final and yeah. <laughs> there's there's no notion of a playground which is unfair in some ways but um these are these are these are playground thoughts right now but in in my head i'm split where i totally respect like spoken word and The written part of what they're doing but it almost cheapens the vehicle they're using like it almost seems it sometimes sometimes if i look at it from a certain angle it seems cheap that you're using the right medium that everyone's going to go to where they're going to watch the video because people want to watch the video but this is just a blog of this is just a blog over gameplay footage and Mm. you're not taking full advantage of the vehicle and in some ways especially if you're criticizing games for not taking care of all the facets of their medium for conveyance, you're a hypocrite because you're <laughs> not taking full advantage of the video. So I know yeah. that's so it's such a controversial thing to say. And I don't, I'm not sitting here like on some high horse, like, Oh, well I'm taking full advantage. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like, in some ways I'm still learning. and I, I don't have it right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but The reason I say that isn't against certain unsaid people who are doing this and it's pissing me off, but because I criticize myself with that all the time. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I have something that I want to say. I've done it in the past too. And like in my video, there will be a chunk of gameplay and it's running so long. And in my head, like the aesthetic part of me is saying that's too long. There needs to be variation because this is a video. But I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Like, I don't know.
0: Well, I think if you know if you're applying the opinion to yourself and your own work, it's perfectly valid, and I see it that way too. Uh, my friend Tyler, he was telling me about why he like my videos, and he's like, "I like your videos because every 15 seconds it's like a morphine drip. I'm gonna get something new, like some new element will come on the screen or a quote or something." And I'm like, "Yes, that's what I want." And it's not that I'm gonna criticize other people for you know using the medium in like a less than optimal way, because I think if you if you stick your neck out and make something. And like you truly made a good effort. Like I'm gonna appreciate that because you might might have just not made it in the first place. Exactly. One hundred percent nothing. But for me, I know like I could do thing X where I just talk at the camera in my in my case, because I don't do game videos. Or if I if I was doing gaming, it could be just game footage and talking. But I know I could push myself further and be a lot more satisfied with the final product if I just put a little bit of extra effort into it. And it okay. might not even be a little bit, it might be more than a little bit, you know, Yeah. but and, and even it's more worth so, it. Yeah. And, and even
1: more so, sometimes there are restraints, like if you're putting out daily content, you just can't do that, you know? Yes. And, and like, there are so many like polished, highly produced things that are just focused on B-roll while something else is happening or yeah. like, like there's a, there's a place for that. So that's where I feel like I'm not so headstrong in believing that because there are definitely, I mean, to say that there's no place for minimalism to say that there's no place for consolidating certain things or putting, giving certain things more value than others is silly. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's, it's very ignorant to how art history has operated. Right. But, um, yeah, always, there's always like a wrestle with that kind of stuff, I guess. exactly.
0: Yeah. And I guess I see it this way. Like, and maybe you have the same opinion. Sometimes you'll make something and like, the act of publishing it will just give you like this euphoric high. Like, I put so much effort into it, I did something new, like, I created something amazing. I'm just like super stoked to put this out. And then, if it's if it's like less, like, oh, I just did this this week, you know, it's a little bit lower in like lower effort. I did it because I committed to a certain publishing schedule. You know, there's not much of like a high that comes with putting it out, you just did it. And I want as much as possible to be able to put out things that like give me that incredibly stoked feeling. Like I made that it's insane, you know? So that's, that's my opinion on it. Like, I just want to strive to make it as cool as possible. And for, I guess from my criteria of what cool is for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, whatever that is. And I think like watching the kind of stuff that you make and like just that kind of content is what really turned me onto it. Cause at first it was like, I will make videos because video is compelling as a medium and it will be successful. And now it's like, I'll make videos because it's art. And I can I couldn't think of like having more fun making other things. So like, <laughs> I guess like the book was, the book was fun too because the book was like, Holy crap. I wrote that. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you know, yeah, for, <laughs> dude. I would be
1: so stoked, man. That sounds so awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny. The book, how, how long
1: was that process? Like the whole, whole way.
0: It was a few months. I think okay well, okay so i gotta be totally honest here um i had an idea for another book like two years ago and over the past like two years i had been trying to write it but it was always this like thought where all i gotta do is take a weekend man go to the university plop myself in the chair lock myself in the library and just crank out this book it's just it'll be done in two days man i know i know it will and it never happened of course you know and I just started learning more about habits and human behavior and you know our ability to create rituals. So I was like, all right, what if I just wrote 500 words a day? Even if it was crap, even if it was terrible. Sure. So, um, at the same time, I talked to somebody who has published some books in the past and he's like, you're, you're primed to have a book published traditionally. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll take this idea for this book. I've been sitting on for two years and maybe try to get it published, but I want to give something to my subscribers for free. So, the initial idea was to make uh, the 10 steps book be like 5,000 words. Not that long. And then I applied the 500 word per day thing to it. I'm like, it'll be done in 10 days. But what ended up happening is I would outline. I outlined the whole thing. And then like the 500 words would go into one section of the outline instead of filling up like, uh, the, the predicted you know amount of words. So I ended up with 22,000 word, 26, words, 26,000 words. <laughs> And the end of it, like, (laughs) (laughs) over five times longer than it was supposed to be. (laughs) So I just kind of inadvertently wrote, like, this full-length book that I'd said would be free, so it's free. (laughs)
1: Oh, my gosh. That's crazy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but it's a lot of nights of just, like, it's 1030. I'm ready to go to bed. I don't know about you, but I'm, like, an early bed guy. I am, too. Yeah. And it's just like, all right, I'm just going to crank out 500 words. Most of it's just, like... I don't want to be doing this. I don't want to be doing right. this. Right. <laughs> that makes you dude, that makes me feel so much better. I'm like I'm like
1: the only person out of my YouTuber friends who's not a night owl. Everyone else wakes oh, really? up at 2 PM. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 no. That's a lie. It's a, that's another thing me and Nick connected off of. We both try to go to sleep before midnight.
0: <laughs> I think uh Austin's getting into that routine too. That's like, right. on yeah, Twitter he, he talked yeah, about. He that. he talked about yeah,
1: he talked about getting into that. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's amazing. You know, it's funny, like when I used to be a night owl, I would get locked out at night. But for whatever reason, if I get up past 8 a.m, I just like feel like the day's shot. I don't know what it is about it. I, maybe it's like just like this knowledge that oh noon's less than four hours away and then once noon once you hit noon, I'm just like it's like this slow march to the evening. I feel day. I feel that
1: way about nine. I usually get yeah. up at seven and then lately I've been making a conscious effort to get up at six. okay and like I just to like. I don't know. I guess I want to have an hour to – I guess I feel more – is it more rested? I'm not sure what the adjective is, but it helps me if I'm even just taking my time to get ready, Yeah, taking
0: my sweet time to get ready for the day. You just get to be deliberate about – Getting into the day rather than letting the demands of the day push you into it. Exactly. Yeah. Like,
1: like I don't like that the morning happens to me and then I'm, and then I'm awake sort of at work. Like I'd rather get to work and like,
0: yes, that's a perfect way of putting it. The morning happens to you. Like I want, I want my, I want to be able to design my morning. And I mean, I don't have to go to a job, but I have to like start work for the day and I have a plan, but I want to be able to like eat breakfast sit down and watch a couple YouTube videos and relax and drink my coffee before yeah. I get into the of the day's work. And if it's 8, I'm like, no, got to start working. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll be up till 10. <laughs> Definitely. So getting up early is awesome. Uh, Man, we've talked for like an hour and a half or an hour and 10 minutes, not an hour and a half. Oh, but. shoot. You're right. <laughs> it, didn't feel, it didn't feel like it, dude. <laughs> it's like late for you, isn't it? It's like 9.30. Uh, it's 9.31. Eh. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, you know, I, I, I'm sure people will get something out of this. And we could definitely like, keep talking, but maybe all that. Yeah, it's like okay, now. we keep talking, cool. <laughs> I- <laughs> yeah, we can definitely do that. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just wrap up the episode, and then we can just keep it going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what I usually do is just like give people a chance to rep whatever it is they want to rep. So, um, yeah, where can people find your work and connect with you online, man?
1: Okay, so I have a YouTube channel. I talk about games and music. Um. <laughs> It's youtube.com slash Satchbags Goods. Channel's called Satchbags Goods. Everything ends in slash Satchbags Goods. So on Twitter, I'm pretty frequent tweeting. Uh, you, Twitter.com slash Satchbags Goods. Facebook, you can also get updates there. Facebook's your jam. Facebook.com slash Satchbags Goods. And um, I recently started a podcast with my buddy Nick Murphy. Okay. Um, if you do, if you happen to watch YouTube videos, you might be familiar with Continue Show. Just yeah. one third of that, and um, we you know every week we have this master list that we alternate on choosing off of um, for movies sometimes the movies are classics sometimes they're fairly new sometimes they absolutely suck, and we watch them and we talk about it for an hour around a so half an hour to an hour um, all the different things in it from videography stuff since we both make films to um, narrative and You know how it made us feel, et cetera, et cetera. We started Bonfire. It's good times. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that's called Sanofilia Anonymous. And you can check that out on iTunes or youtube.com slash CATELECAST. And we just recently got a... uh, on the iTunes new and noteworthy list. Well, I don't know if it was recent. I just remember looking at the list and then I saw us on it and I was like, oh, shoot, that's a thing. That's really... So... If you're on the fence, don't be silly. <laughs> I guess people seem Go to take it, it out. Go
0: check it out.
1: Yeah. That's, that's the most brazen pu- push I've ever anything <laughs> in my life. I don't know where that came from.
0: <laughs> Dude, it, compared to like some people who are like doing interviews because they have a book coming out, like it's not at all. So, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. Like there's all this like theory in podcast because podcasting is blowing up now with cereal and everything. So everyone's like. Man, you got to have a perfect launch. You have to really take advantage of your time in the new and noteworthy and get as many reviews and, sub- and subscribers as possible. I, like, did not do that. <laughs> I just, like, threw up one episode and just let it kind of do what it did. So I probably was stunned in my growth, but it's, it's actually picking up <laughs> quite a bit now. So I just think being consistent about it. But, yeah, the one thing I want to note, um, you guys have – for, for like people who are just doing a, like Skype interviews for a podcast, you guys have found a way to make the video pleasing to watch because I know like a lot of people just take the two things, like maybe throw them into screen flow and just make a YouTube video. But you guys coordinated your backdrops and <laughs> oh, like yeah. overlay the logo to make it look like you were in the same room. <laughs> and I had to look really hard to see that you guys were not in the same oh, room. yeah,
1: Sometimes I go like that and like my hand just like, yep.
0: flips or... <laughs> <laughs> and you have like this like sweet, like, eighties vibe going on with the design and everything. I don't know. I love the intro. It's amazing. Do you have like a, like a weird thing to pan your camera perfectly smooth?
1: Oh yeah. I have a glide track. It's a really bad one. It's so bad. Yeah. It's like, it's like the worst cheapest one I ever got. I have to like do it like 20 times and then go through the cuts and I find it and then I stabilize the footage and it works. Okay. Um, I found a better one. So if you're ever looking for one, I can recommend you one. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, just a, it's just a glide track.
0: I don't know if you saw the room tour I did, but most of the footage is just handheld, and I'm just like, oh, God. <laughs> there were a couple shots where I put it on the tripod and like nicely did the bokeh effect, and then the rest of them are all handheld. And I'm like, oh, no, go back to the, the one right on the tripod. But yeah, I don't have a glide track. And my tripod, unfortunately, has a ball mount, which okay. is really nice for photography because you can pull the trigger and get it, perfectly set the way you want but for video oh, for it video? doesn't pan well because it's a ball mount it goes around once right, right, right. definitely yeah. so i am probably going to have to invest in a tripod for actual video i think i bought my tripod for photography thinking i would use it a lot and i don't <laughs> <laughs> now when i travel i'm like do i want to bring my camera with me no i got my iphone yeah yeah yeah, yeah i do that too <laughs> and it becomes a tougher decision every time the new iphone comes out because the camera gets better and better yeah so but yeah, man, this has been a really fun conversation, seriously. And I will I will note this might be one of the episodes where you want to go to the show notes because I'll put some of the videos that you've made in there and they're really cool to check out. Usually show notes just like link to things, but I'll embed a couple of videos.
1: Cool, man. Dude, thanks so much for having me. Thanks for reaching out. it's, it's been a pleasure just yeah, man. Chatting, chilling.
0: Thanks for coming to the show. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Satchel and me. And uh, I'm going to do this outro really quickly because we're running really, really long. But if you've got questions, Thomas at collegeinfogeek.com is my email address. You can find my favorite resources for being a better college student over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. We'll find my favorite books, tools I use, sites where you can find deals on textbooks and all that kind of stuff. Uh, real good stuff. You can subscribe to the show by going to the show notes at cigpodcast.com. And there you'll find the episode fifty list or link, go to the blog post for that. There is a link to subscribe. It shows you how to review the show if you want to, which definitely helps support the show and drive it up the rankings in iTunes. And you'll also find some of Satchel's videos, which as I said, are amazing. Definitely check them out. And if you have any aspirations of making videos uh, of your own in the future, he's an amazing guy to learn from. So definitely subscribe to his channel and his podcast as well. So that's it. Uh, Until next week, stay cute. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.